Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. And I'm Joe. How are you today? <laughs> I wish we I wish they could respond. Yeah, we need to well, we need to. You see, there's the problem right there. I illustrated the problem right at the onset of today's show. So you said you wish, and then I said we need to. See, I wish that there weren't bad people. We need to make a law against bad, bad people. people. <laughs> We always think we need to jump to action. We don't, man. Well, I, I do think uh, what we incentivize and de-incentivize matters. Mm-hmm. But I also think you can just you can just get out of hand sometimes, you know? Oh, for sure. It, it, it's easy if you're incentivizing or de-incentivizing something by stepping on someone else's rights. Then I want to say, don't step on their rights. I just, I, your Bluetooth might be on, by the way. I see the light blinking. Um, I'll remedy that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you step on someone else's rights, it's a little easy for me to say, ah, don't step on their rights, just don't make a law. But if it's just a either or and you're not really, I mean, I guess every incentive or incentive yeah. is sort of stepping on someone's rights. but Yeah, I mean, there, I think that what's hard is, as far as this conversation goes, is deciding what should be incentivized and what should be de-incentivized and I think that you have to use pretty pretty high level pretty broad strokes because anytime you anytime you de-incentivize a behavior or incentivize another be- an opposing behavior you are you are going to step on somebody's toes every yeah. single time now you want to step on the bad guy's toes and leave the good guys alone and, and uh, that's where it gets iffy iffy and hard it, it does and I have a comment on incentivizing, but I'm not going to go there we, we because we're supposed to open with yeah. the cigar. But it's always interesting to just go with whatever we want right, 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 <laughs> at the right. moment. <laughs> um, so, in our hands today, we have the Christoph Maduro. i got to pick up my notes because I'm getting old and can't read that far away. Uh, the Christoph Maduro comes dressed in a dark, oily Brazilian Maduro wrapper. Remember that. That's kind of, occasionally I see that as, ooh, hey, it's got a Brazilian Maduro. Like, that's supposed to matter more than just a normal Maduro. I don't know. It mm-hmm. seems like some of the people think that's good. So a Brazilian Maduro wrapper and a Cuban seed Dominican binder. You'll also see the word Cuban seed used a lot in Kristoff. Mm-hmm. It, it might just that's be a... just marketing? Yeah, it might just be marketing because I think just about all of it's Cuban seed. But anyway, so uh, Cuban seed Dominican binder... Uh, on the inside is a well-fermented, well-aged blend of robust Nicaraguan and Dominican long fillers. The flavors are... Oh, no, no, can't talk about that yet. <laughs> we'll wait till the end to, to run over that. Mm. The flavors are tasty. I can tell you that much right now. It started out good. Tell me what you think you're getting, what you like. Well, it's sweet. I can't decide how it is sweet. But it tastes sweet to me. It's very mellow and very smooth. It's not, it's not uh, salty or bright. It's dark and mellow, which it should be. I will echo the mellow. I will echo the sweet, and I will say it's definitely earthy. Yep. First draw, as soon as it got lit, I'm like, oh, that's that's sweeter. That's that's nice. My wife used to get a a. Uh, a product from Aveda, some kind of soap or something, and it was like mossy something, and it reminds me of that that smell right now. 
So I would say it's mossy, but I don't want people to get the bad, the wrong idea that somehow that means dank or moldy or something. Well, I won't. I won't agree yet, but I'll say you're probably not far off. I won't get agree a hundred percent. Something, something there. We'll work on it a little more. We didn't light quite as early as we normally do. We got into the podcast right away. We're usually lit five, ten minutes before we start. I think we're just a minute or two in. But there you go. That's what we got. And uh, when we do the update, I'll talk more about this specific cigar because there's a little bit of a history with this cigar oh. with, with me. So Okay, interesting. Yeah. But I want to talk about incentivizing. And you can help me out here because I, I don't feel I'm necessarily super educated on this. But I am sort of against incentivizing things okay. because incentivizing means the government is giving you something to behave like like they take your tax money and then they give you give you back tax money because you did X they're incentivizing you well I'm not in favor of the government taking your money to begin with you're talking about subsidies versus incentives though I think there's a difference okay maybe let me let me finish my thought though but because I don't like the government taking something and giving it back to you sure I would agree. At least in the tax that you would agree. Okay, oh. so at least in the tax sense, I don't like incentivizing. So there's, they're probably within law and those things. There's probably some other incentives that I might agree with, but that's where I'm kind of, kind of caught. So help sure. me out. Well, incentivizing isn't necessarily like, like when, I guess when I think of incentivizing, I, I think of shaping the landscape so that water flows in the direction we want it to. So, for example, like if, if. I, if I was a government of a small state, and we desperately needed roads, okay, wow. and we and we had some road companies, but we we really needed our road industry to kind of take off to be able to meet the needs that we had for for our um, our country mm-hmm. or our, our little state. I might say, okay, our taxes have always been eight percent because that's what we need to run our government to keep you secure to have a military and to do the do our awesome minimalistic government that we need or whatever um but however we for if you if you're in the road building industry and you do whatever we're going to knock it down just a little bit now that would be kind of like taking money and then giving it back however if you say i mean if you okay for example you're like giving a break to the to, to industry building and industry that you need. okay you know okay um, so that is kind of like taking money and giving it back I get that but let's say incentives I think go beyond just um, industry I think also we de-incentivize behaviors by saying that there's a penalty for certain behaviors for example if you murder someone mm-hmm. that you're you're gonna get a class A felony and you're gonna go to, you could go to prison for the rest of your life. But that's that's, a, that's de-incentivizing killing each other. Correct. And that, most of the time, I'm in favor of mm-hmm. that. But I'm not... So, so governments have... Governments and societies in general have all kinds of tools for incentivizing or de-incentivizing certain behaviors. And, and, and they naturally will incentivize good behaviors and de-incentivize negative behaviors. So who gets to decide what those are and, and what kind of incentive we're going to give for those behaviors is kind of... What's up for grabs? So this is a little bit funny because it relates to the how uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, kind of made herself sound silly when, I believe it was New York, wherever the heck she's at, anyway, whatever, I think it's New York, they were wanting to offer Amazon big tax breaks to come, and she, like, 30, we'll say it's $30 million, and she said, well, we could spend that money better elsewhere. And it's like, 
giving them a tax incentive is a tax break. So you're actually not giving them $30 million of money. You're simply saying, we're going to charge you a little it. less taxes so that you'll bring a whole bunch of jobs here that will make us a whole bunch of tax money. So she, first of all, it just she just didn't get it. She hiccuped and didn't. Somebody needs to teach her something there. But so the idea of that type of incentive, and I think that's that's correct because you're incentivizing a business a business to come because it benefits it, it. In the long run, you're saying, in essence, it's going to cost us less less tax money because we're giving them a break now because we need this industry. And that's a that's a worthwhile debate. That's reasonable. I'm okay with that. But. Um, but that's a that's a tax break as an incentive to a business. But incentivizing behavior, as far as laws are going, like I don't I don't I don't want the government telling me, um, like I, I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I can put this. To Think work, of it less in terms of. Well, give me give me an incentive. Give me a hard hard example of an incentive that you think is a good thing. Because most everything's de-incentive in that's law. That's a good I thing. See. Yeah. Okay. If you if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. No, it's got to give me that's something. That's an incentive. Like, I mean, the, okay. the thing is that you got. I think I think it's it better suits the conversation if we're talking about just incentives in general to think okay. of it in leadership terms, not in governance terms. It's not like an, the iron fist of government telling us what we should or shouldn't do. Okay. It's people that have been asked to be leaders, deciding, um, not deciding, but deciphering how best to guide the ship. And and I I mean like, that's the way I I think of well, it. In terms of. But but by by your by your preface at the beginning, mm-hmm. you're making it easy for me to agree. The place where it's hard for me to disagree is when you do say hardcore policy incentive law. Mm-hmm. But then it's hard for me to agree. Do we need any laws? I think so. Okay. Well, those are you know those. But are those are the incentives. Well, I, I, tell me a law mm-hmm. where it's an incentive and not a de incentive. If I drive too fast on the highway, I get fined. That's a de incentive. That's you're, you're going to find me if I drive too fast. So if I don't, I don't gain anything. If I drive right, I don't gain anything. You do. No you, gain, you gain safer highways. I do, but by the policy, I don't. The policy doesn't give me 10 bucks to drive slower. No, because there's a, there's a social contract, I think that's a good term to call it, that we all are going to behave and look after each other. But, you're, but a, policy-wise, I'm, being give, I'm not being given anything policy-wise. There might be effects that I'm you gaining. Being, you're being given a safe <laughs> environment. That, and that's important to a lot of people to have roadways that are safe and predictable and that all follow a certain I'm not set being of given something I don't already have. Well, you wouldn't have if there were no traffic laws, you would not have a safe roadway environment <laughs> that you enjoy now. True, you, but you're not incentivizing we, me to drive safe. You're de-incentivizing me to drive. I'm, I'm well, arguing incentive fine. versus de-incentive. That's fine, but, but it's I want to see an incentive. In, it's 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 a zero-sum thing, where. You do de-incentivize negative behaviors, and by in doing so, you incentivize people to behave themselves. Not directly. But we're arguing definition. We're not arguing yeah, policy. I think it's still... I, th- I, I see positive benefits for myself and my family so that do there I. are traffic laws. But so I, that, to me, that's a positive thing. Right. But, I, but it's not an incentive. So we're arguing the definition of incentive. We're not arguing whether it's good or bad. I'm just trying to see where there's a direct incentive that's good. Okay. And, I, and I don't see it. And maybe it's pointless. Maybe we're just... <laughs> It's not pointless because it's making sense, mm-hmm. and we're we're still learning, hashing out sure. some of this. But see, see, I would call that a subsidy. I would, if the government's going to pay me to do something, I would call that a subsidy versus an incentive. Okay. And and maybe I have my definitions off, but that that's where I would draw the line. If it if if I'm going to pay you because I need a certain service or a certain product, and I'm going to pay you to produce it or to 
destroy it or to do, you know, to, to mm-hmm. change so that I can achieve my greater purposes, I would call that a subsidy. If we're talking about actual physical, like, well, if the game. government takes my tax money and then I spend X, 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 X and X on a small business. Mm-hmm. And then they say, Oh, because of that, you get this back. Okay. They're giving me money mm-hmm. to spend money on my business. And I, I don't think that's good. I don't think it's good if they don't take my tax money. I don't think it's good if they do take my tax money. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe maybe I'm just looking at it as an individual as opposed to, to a business, and maybe it's maybe it's always good to incentivize people to develop business. I think it usually is. <clears throat> I mean, you want you want people to gain by being productive, and hmm. you want to keep that in place. But so they should take your tax money. And then give it to Frank because Frank is starting a business and he should get. See, if if the government didn't take my money to give, except for the things that they provide, you know, borders, other things. But then all of a sudden they said, oh, wait, we're going to take more of Doug's money and we're going to give it to Joe because Joe's starting a business and we actually want to. Mm-hmm. Give some money back to Joe. That that doesn't seem right to me. It's a redistribution. It's mm-hmm. incentivizing you, but it's taking my money to do sure. that. That's mm-hmm. that's where I think it's wrong. Now subsidies is another thing. I'm not sure. Subsidies, I guess, on the state level, I'm. I don't know. I could go back and forth, um, and maybe, I don't know. Um, that might be interesting to talk about because that's still kind of a like you're incentivizing a business that you want to develop. And it's the state of Iowa's job to kind of incentivize. The, it, it's not. I don't really believe it's their job to incentivize industry. I believe it's industry's job to take care of themselves. But if you got a whole bunch of people that are benefiting from the industry, then it starts to get a little more, you know, grayer. Where it's yeah, like, there are, there are no purists. Yeah, you can't just say I, I like this idea. Well, I mean, you can say the ideas that you like and dislike, but there's not. We're, the the ship is moving. And it's operating. There's all kinds of things that are going on. So we can, you know, specific decisions that are happening every day have consequences concerning these matters. And all right, so we we babbled a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Why don't we Why don't we see what's what's current in the news? Anything fun and exciting that happened? Uh, I know I haven't really been paying attention. I know. I've been so busy the last few days. I haven't even. You, you should have been. And here's why. Okay. The, the first one I want to start with mm-hmm. Kentucky now has zero permit-to-carry laws. It's just the Second Amendment. Okay. There's several states that have it. Yeah, there's like 13, 15, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. But they, they just passed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's really cool. That's how it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you have a right to carry, then you have a right to carry. You don't have a right to carry if you get a permit. You already have the right to carry. Yeah, I so, um Yeah. And uh, so, but then it gets hairy if your state does pass a law and you live in that state and it's technically could be called an unconstitutional law. Yeah. Well, Iowa is just, <laughs> this, this state, uh, I think uh, Iowa Gun Owners Association has been pretty vocal the last week or so that Iowa had constitutional carry in the funnel and it got pulled. It got, uh, hmm. they were... There was a there was a bill I think that had been proposed to allow constitutional carry in, in Iowa too. Oh, it was already running. You just didn't oh was see it? it? Sorry, I didn't see it. I just just need to tap the screen. Yeah, it's, okay. it's just dark, so I'm saving battery. Um, yeah, okay. they had they had proposed a, a law to allow constitutional carry in Iowa, and it got yeah. which isn't that it wasn't an oxymoron? Isn't that bad? Yeah. 
to allow it's already allowed. Well, <laughs> Iowa, Iowa in the state constitution does not have a second amendment. We don't have the right to keep and bear arms in the state of Iowa. And now nationally we do, but the state has made a law restricting that. So, so I know that is, gets wishy-washy. Yeah, it, but, so, oh boy, I wish we knew a lawyer. Is that constitutional? For if the state to make a law that the federal government doesn't have? Yeah, because we're, we're a federalist. We are a group of, we're a, fed, we're a federation of states. Mm-hmm. So maybe the state has the right to do that. I don't know. If it's guaranteed by the Constitution, they, maybe they don't have that right. Mm-hmm. Um, that <laughs> well, somebody smarter than us is going to have to. interpreting it. I mean, that's what it, is. it comes down to is who's interpreting the law. Judges have interpreted that it's legal over the course of, since 1886 mm-hmm. or whenever Iowa was. When was Iowa founded? 18. I don't know. I should know if I live here, I guess. I want to say 1886, but that might not be right. You know, it's funny that we don't we don't have to know that stuff anymore. You know, it's like it doesn't. You don't have to know much about the Constitution. You don't have to know much about your state. You just do your thing. You live. You watch TV. Yeah. You mm-hmm. Drink your coffee. You smoke cigars. Whatever. Right. Well, it's kind of like I mean, this concealed carry thing is kind of like any other thing. Um, you've said before. I don't care what the law is. I'm going to use it, and I'm going to make money, and I'm going to do what I have to do. And if I have to go, and I have gone down to the sheriff's office and applied and paid my $10 or $50 or whatever and got my background check and got my thing, then then I'm going to fight a little harder for my right, you know, because I have something invested in, in it. I'm going to protect it a little bit better, too. I mean, I, it's just the way it is right now. I mean, well, <laughs> whether it, we like it. It is, and I, I, heard, I heard some talk show host, uh, I think it was a radio guy, saying, uh, I have to pay that fee, and I have to pay it every year, every five years, whatever it is, so for the rest of my life, why am I paying a fee for a right that I'm guaranteed by the Constitution? I never took that approach. It was a money issue. Um, I take it as a rights issue. I think I'm already guaranteed that right. I don't want... Why do I have to get a permit? And, you know, it gets to the point where if there's a law in Iowa, sometimes it's... I don't know if better is the right word. It's easier... And that, that's where I get, I get scared of that word. It's easier to follow the law, even if they're infringing on your right, than to f- go through the trouble of yeah. worrying about it. And it, the, I love our Constitution. I, yeah. I, we need to follow it. I, um, we also have to remember, though, when we're talking about laws, and let's just talk about the gun laws in specific. Oh, sometime along the way, we, the people, put that law into effect. We elected the representatives that made that law, and we didn't throw a fit when they made the law, and so collectively, we are responsible that that law is there. Now, if we want it to change, then we have to change it. So, I mean, we can complain about laws that we don't necessarily like, and we have the right to do that. We have the, we have, we have, uh, it's good for us to do that, but ultimately we have to re- understand, like, well, we decided that this should should be the law, and <laughs> so until we undecide it... We decided right. this is the way it's going to be. Because if a liberal was saying, Donald <laughs> Trump is not my president, I would argue, yes, he is. Yeah, he pretty much we is. We voted. We decided yeah. he is. Yeah. And so I can't, I can't right. take the flip side and say, no, that's not my law. I didn't vote for it because, right. yeah. And, and that's a good point. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up. And I think my general, even as much of a libertarian as I am, I think my general rule that I would teach my kids, you know, it's probably a good idea. Just, you know, most of the laws, just follow them. Don't. You know, don't get in a tizzy about it. Just, just, just there is just, just live your life. Yeah, it's a de incentive because you'll get in trouble because you'll something right. negative will happen to you, not there's, something positive. Anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, 
but yeah, so generally that would be my principle, but at some point, and particularly as a conservative, I start saying, whoa, 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 wait, somebody's stepping on things that they shouldn't be stepping on, sure. and at what point do we throw a fit? And I know that the leftist agenda is you try to you try to just push instantly a hundred miles. Yeah. And then when, when people say, oh, no, no, you say, oh, okay, we'll and, you come, and you come back seven, 30 yeah. to, to 70. And then they made a 70% you know, right. tromping on your rights. And the next time, they do it again. Mm-hmm. And so when I see that happen, then I, I start to worry. But well, I'm also 50, and I'm like, gosh, 52, whatever I turned recently. And I'm like, gosh, yeah, what am I going to spend the rest of my life fighting for? I got yeah. my girls well, see, to raise. And that was my next point, is that you have to have space to peel back law. It's easy. There's always going to be um, uh, an outcry to make new laws. You have to have peace and space in order to peel back laws. And that's what we generally don't have because, like, the other side, the the progressives, they call themselves, um, are always pushing, 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 pushing for more. That keeps those of us who would like to peel like, like let's stop and just peel back let's like let's do an audit of our laws and see which ones of them are just pointless or unconstitutional there's not space to do that because the the docket is full of yeah, defending yeah. against further reaching and further encroachments on on our liberties so yeah it's I, kind of unfortunate i want to talk about the cigars and mm-hmm. then i want to take a step to um would and this is a little speculation, would we think differently if we were urban people, if we were born in the city and lived in the city our entire life? That might be an interesting thing to unpack. It might not. But this cigar, before the update, I want to give you my history. Yeah. When I smoked the first sampler, same exact sampler we have now, um, I know what my favorite cigar was. It's, I think it's the next one in the series, and I'm okay to say it now because we're in, into it far enough. It was the Criollo Ligero. It was amazing. I bought lots of extras and keep, keep them in my humidor to this day. But then somehow, I don't know why, I had another Maduro where I just decided maybe I needed one added to my car, so I added one of the this cigar we have in mm-hmm. our hands. And when I smoked it the second time, I'm like, wow, that's almost as good as the... It's different, but it's almost as good as that Criollo Ligero, and this is just a straight Maduro. And it, it wowed me the second time, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait till I get to try... i got to try that again. Why did it wow me so much? So I'm, I'm really excited to smoke it. And it is wowing me, but on, but as a different cigar yeah. than the one that's my favorite. And maybe I'm learning to appreciate what a Maduro is. So um, this has a is has a really smooth retrohale, uh-huh. and the retrohale really really fills out yeah, the flavor does. profile. Um, in fact, I had to blow a lot of smoke before it even started to burn at all. Um, Earthy and sweet is what I'm getting. I'm not identifying anything specific yet. I'm going yeah. to try. I can't. I can't pinpoint the notes either. That's why I was just. I was hoping you were going to because I can't pinpoint it. But it's it's just really pleasant and sweet and nice. I think when you said mossy, I think that just lays into the damp, the damp mm-hmm. earth, the earthy sweetness. I think that mossiness kind of comes comes into play somewhere there. I'm probably getting a hint of that. What's either coffee or dark dark chocolate? Yeah. In there. Um, and I, and brownie, I, yeah, yeah, kind of like brownie. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I would agree, chocolate, because it's it's brownie esque, brownie esque. Woohoo! Add that on the notes. We're fancy. <laughs> oh gosh. So uh, so I'm I'm liking what we're smoking a lot, and I was kind of expecting to. I hope you are too. Mm-hmm. So um, all right. Well, we'll we'll give you. A, um, it's an easy smoke. 
It is. It's just easy. It is. And uh, so, all right. So would we think, and this might be a silly topic, but would we think differently if we were born in a city where there's a lot more, like, I think we have it pretty good living early. I mean, honestly, people around here leave their doors unlocked. Yep. You know, we, we don't lock our houses. Um, that would just be insane living in a city, it, or it seems like it would be. More people, more crime, crime rates higher. Um, I don't know. Would we think differently if we'd lived in a city all our life? I don't know, but I do know that the people in the city seem to think differently than we do. <laughs> they do. So, I uh, I don't know. I, I mean... It, it's you are what you eat and and the the consumables as far as information and and uh, ideas the, what's readily available as far as a diet of ideas in the city is is a lot more of this sort of like we don't have anything else to do so we're just gonna I, people in the city seem to have a lot more spare time I don't understand that necessarily but I know when I lived in the city I had a lot of spare time people that mm-hmm. I know that live in the city have a lot of spare time People that I know that are here that just recently lived in the city have a lot of spare time. I don't. I think it's a. There's a mentality here. I think that's like I'm busy. I'm I'm doing stuff, and I want the government just to stay out of my way, stay out of my business. Whereas the people in the city seem to be more engaged with ideas of what we can. What can we do? What can we do about you know about these problems? And it's like we said at the beginning of the show. I wish we oughta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> happens it seems more often there i wonder if it's a time money thing it does kind of strike me that it doesn't strike me it's just it's just normal thing the more money you have the more options you have to say gee how fancy am i going to live and if you don't live if you have lots of money and you don't live very fancy then you have more time because you don't have to work as long as hours as hard Mm -hmm. you have more money to say gosh i'm not i don't have this fancy house but i have all this extra money i could spend it on this i could you know um you you have the freedom to decide yes I'm going to work a lot or no I'm not going to work a lot mm-hmm. so I think you, you just have that freedom and there's there's more money in the cities I mean I've heard some folks say that in the last 30 years New York as far as if you just look at the city it went from a dump to being really an amazing city but at the same time it's a huge leftist city where they have millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars where they can scale the police. They can scale some of the basic stuff that we have and then still have this pile of money from taxes and say, oh, we're going to spend it on this, mm-hmm. which might not be that great of an idea. It might be. I don't know. I don't live in the city. Yeah. When I see our small town doing some things that big cities do, I like it because the small town looks pretty, but then I think I don't necessarily like it because you took tax money to do stuff that I don't really think you should be taking tax money right. to do. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, as a hypothetical, to answer your question, I think probably we would think differently if our lives looked completely different. You know, I think probably... But I. But then again, I know a lot of really conservative people in the city, too, so... I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad I live here, though. I choose me, to live here. Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> um, this isn't political, and sometimes it's good to hit some things that aren't political. Um, you know, I think about that plane crash. I haven't heard too many updates. It was you know, Ethiopian Airlines. It was like their second of a particular style of plane. I don't know. I I guess they've pulled all those 737 Maxes. Nobody's flying them right now. They're trying to figure out what's going on. But the company, whoever it was, it was Boeing or whoever it was, yeah. said the plane's fine. I think the plane is fine. I think what the issue was is I've heard rumors, whisperings, 
the the issue is not the plane itself. The issue is the different options on the seven thirty seven. The training that they they operate differently, hmm. and so you get these pilots that maybe English isn't their first language. Uh-huh. Maybe there's a gap in the training somewhere, and they weren't there. Ha- this is the only rumorings. I don't, you know, I, whatever. I don't have any official information on this, but I'm understanding that it, it's an issue of them not operating the plane correctly because they got a different option style of this 737 MAX that it operates differently than the standard 737, and it was causing some problems. But I have been on that flight. Really? That, I mean, that, oh, that, that yeah, airline, you were in that, for that, that. airline, right. that flight, and so... And that's the second of the flights that I used to take that's crashed and everybody's died. <laughs> wow. That's kind of spooky in one, a sense. One know? of them was actually, I'm not sure if it was that exact leg. I think it was the leg from Nairobi to uh, London. That one went down, and it was the flight after me. Same flight number, and it was the flight after me. So I had gone, and then the oh, next time that flight wow. came over, it went down. And... I was in sort of travel blackout with my wife. She was not sure if I was on that plane or not. Oh, my goodness. So I didn't know that. That's, she was like, well, I guess we'll find out. not going to worry too much yet, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. don't don't worry. I mean, you shouldn't probably worry at all, but you don't worry until you know for sure. There, There is so much anxiety that people, yeah. oh, I don't know, so I'm going to worry. No, you I'm don't know. Assume the worst. Yeah, you don't know, so don't worry. <laughs> it's really a, a better approach to life. You know... Uh, we're not going to talk about Scar yet because it's not time for an update, but it's reminding me of the Triple Maduro by Camacho, um, which is interesting. And they don't actually tell us what the binder is. They just say it's like a Cuban seed Dominican. It's Dominican, I think, that's said in the in the information there, but it doesn't tell us specifically. I, I picked up another one of those Triple Maduros at the cigar shop the other night, and I think I want to smoke it soon so I can do a good comparison with this one. Yeah, I think I got one too. I think that's what Mark gave me for my birthday. Yeah. He got that one that I, I pulled into that again. And it, it's fun because I wouldn't say that triple Maduro, like I wouldn't want a whole bunch of them in my humidor. Right. It's not one you want a lot. But but I, I do enjoy it sometimes. It's, it, you know, it's kind of like I would say I like um, the, the Space Eight or the Highland single malts, <laughs> but I occasionally want an Isla, you know, to, <laughs> to kick me oh. in the face. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but, um,. Oh, I'm Matey's. I Scotch. <laughs> so, um, anyway, but uh, well, let's see. So, so yeah. So our 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 hearts go out to the, yeah. the folks. I mean, they're they're you know, it's like it matters if there were Americans on it. It's sure it's people people lost lives. Were there Americans on that? Yeah, yeah. There were quite. A, they they said the number. I don't know how many, mm-hmm. but uh, there were Americans on it. But there but there were people. You know, right. so at, people lost family members, and that's that's sad. So our prayers go out. Mm-hmm. Um, to those people, um, there's something political I kind of wanted to mention, and this is an, it's an Iowa thing. That's why I thought it was important. Um, th- this comes courtesy of I forgot who, forgot who it was. I know them. I'll think of his name in a minute. Bongino? No, Dan not Bongino. him. No, uh-huh. uh, no, another guy. That's not the right name. Thirty-eight percent of Iowa Democrats would would be from a poll unsatisfied with a single white male candidate. Say that again. of Iowa Democrats would be unsatisfied, and that word's important because that was a specific word, with a single white male candidate for president. Now, when you're, when you say single, you're not talking about... Did I say single? 
Yeah. That's not why you're straight. Sorry. Oh, I'm straight. saying the wrong that word. That makes a big difference. That makes a big difference. Doug doesn't know how to talk. Straight, not single. Straight, 30, white, male. Thirty-five of thirty-five percent of Iowa Thirty-eight. Yeah, Iowa would Democrats. be unsatisfied with any straight, straight white, white male. male candidate. Good. And uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and th- this came up because Jay Inslee from Washington, uh, governor, I think, of Washington, was apologizing for being a straight white male. Which which is just odd. And it, it, for for the record, the, the the information I got this from, the the percent of people who would be unsatisfied goes way 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 down. If you're not a straight white male, so if you're a white male but gay, then it's like oh, they're they like them better. Okay, I <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a lot of things to talk about with this. Um, my first inclination is to question how this poll was taken. Because methodology is everything when it comes to... You can get somebody to agree to just about anything if you ask the question correctly. And I'm one, I want to know where that came from <laughs> and what their methodology was because if they framed the questions in such a way as to try to sort of like stoke the fire of this sort of equal rights movement within the Democratic Party and then they ask that question, they're going to get a higher response rate in that direction than if they just talk about what if you know if they would ask what kind of candidates would you be satisfied with you know or or if it was an isolated question mm-hmm. I think that probably if I'm guessing I would guess that based on the Democrats that I know they would take anybody that was that would toe their line their their liberal line of thinking I don't think they'd care if they were straight but <clears throat> All right, Maybe so you you probably know this that in the in the postmodern type of mind thinking, which we're we're probably beyond we're post post we're post post now, but in the postmodern thinking, which was it was interesting when I when I really tri- kind of understood what it was, um, a uh, oh what's the word I'm looking for a um, inconsistency in your logic is okay, like you can say um, I don't want a straight white male as president but then say oh that guy's who I want as president and he's a straight white male mm-hmm. and it's okay even though that's inconsistent logically right. and in fact Iowa Democrats uh, who, who do you think that the, the, the top two possibilities for Democrats Joe Biden that's and the number that's the number one hint hint sing, that's the straight white male yeah I'm trying to think Vito, is he straight? Uh, don't don't know, but probably. But that's that's not who it is. Bernie Sanders. Bernie, <laughs> dirty Bernie. So, um, oh man, that's so it, hilarious. So isn't isn't that the inconsistency amazes yeah. me? Because I don't, you I, can't tell me that that thirty five percent wouldn't like Bernie Sanders. I mean, the kind of person that's gonna say no, I don't want a straight white is gonna be the kind of person that's Bernie. Feel the burn. Yes. <laughs> And I want to give credit where credit's due here, but I can't because I forgot the dude's name. But he was standing in for, for Mark Levin a day or two ago because Mark Levin was late doing his podcast. And he was, he was, he was reporting this. And it's some, some of this, or why did this Iowa um, story come No, it's actually it? from – I don't – he's, I think, down in Florida. Probably because of the caucuses. Yeah, and, yeah because of the caucuses and stuff. But this, Jay Inslee announced from Washington that he was running for president. Mm-hmm. 
and he was apologizing for being a straight white male, so that related to this to this Iowa Democrats thing, even though Inslee's from Washington. But he was apologizing, saying, oh, I've never experienced discrimination. And I, the reason I wanted to give credit is because the, the host was saying this. This isn't my in, uh, original idea here. He said, wait a minute. Yes, you have experienced discrimination. You're experiencing it right now by apologizing because you think you have to apologize is because you're being discriminated against being as a yourself. straight white male. And I'm like, people, gosh, like how could, and again, there's a disconnect in the logic, you know, yeah. saying I've never experienced, yes, you have, you're experiencing it right now. So I just thought that was really, the disconnect in logic was interesting and one more of the 1,000, now it's 1,001 Democrats running yeah. for president. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, what, is every Democrat that's in an office going to run for president, I think. My I goodness. hope so. I mean, the more the more decentralized that is, probably the better for we Trump supporters. But honestly, I, I really, barring, barring an incident, and incidents happen, I think that uh, Trump's going to walk away with 2020. Boy, I, I'm hopeful. I don't want to be, I like being hopeful. I don't like being deceived. Mm-hmm. And... Again, because we, we tend to group with people that are like us. You and I are fairly similar, and, and the stuff we listen to even is fairly similar. Um, I, I just I hope I'm not deceived. I hope I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not. I am hopeful. I know you've been kind of excited about whatever the movement in the right direction in general. But uh, it, it is interesting, and this seems to be happening more and more. It's probably being pointed out because I listen to conservative media. But it, on one hand, I think it's funny, but it's kind of sad, on the other hand, that um, some of the leftists, some of the Democrats are, like, eating themselves because there's, there's such a intersectional coalition that, okay, you might be black, but are you black enough? And uh, what's her name? Um, Kamala Harris was hammered, I don't know if you heard this, for marrying a white man. And she, like, had to defend it. It's like, I'm not, and I are wish... Are we a party of diversity or are we not? Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, it's like, she should have just said, well, the part, we're the party of diversity. That would have been a better answer, or the better best answer would have been, I don't have to, I don't have to justify who I married. Are these policies what's best it's, for our country or not? It's almost, you talked about intellectual inconsistency, it's almost as if that's their value. It's almost as if you have to be inconsistent in order to be one of us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when I say us, I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about the liberal Democrats. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I, th- I still believe that that is a big, it's a minority. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the average person thinks that way. I, it's just a very, very vocal, tiny yeah. minority. I, I think you're right. The other thing she got hammered for is convicting, is sentencing black people who were convicted when, when she, that was her job. It's like, you know, how, how, how can you care about black people if you're convicting these people that, well, I, I, first of all, she didn't convict them. She was sentencing them. They were already convicted. They, you know, <laughs> did the crime. It's like, and they were hammering her, hammering her for that. And it's like, my word, you know, can't you just... Let them run, man. Wow. Let I know, it's just... It's nuts, and I was, I was going to say something about that, but I, I think I forgot what the what the comment was about people, you know, eating eating their own. It's just if if you only congregate, if if only if you cut your group down to such a small group, then 
you don't you don't actually have a principle that's going to work. I mean, you you you've in essence limited your what is you've limited yourself to a minority, mm-hmm. and unless somehow you can get the majority to vote for your minority, and it's just first of all logistically it doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, some sometimes it can, but you have to have a larger value, and they're not even good at saying that larger value because if they say diversity. Well, then she married a white man. Isn't that more diverse? And so that everything starts to starts to conflict, and, and they just lose each other. I'm not making a whole lot of sense. I hope I am. You tell you are. It's true. Well, so so um, Harris wasn't the only one that was attacked. Did you hear about Tucker getting getting hammered? Yeah, and I heard what he did too, <laughs> which was genius. He didn't play their game, which he is which not. is great. Yeah, maybe you should tell. I don't know. You want to kind of fill well. In? Yeah, basically... Fill our listener in on that? What? <laughs> X number of years ago, a long time ago, 10, 20, who knows what it was, Tucker was on a radio program with some shock jock and said some crazy things, and I believe it was Media Matters, mm-hmm. brought it up and said, Tucker needs to apologize for this. Do you know what he said? I don't. Do you know the quote? I don't. Okay. I can give you the gist. I can't give you the quote, but he basically said... I'm on the show every night. You, mm-hmm. want, you want to know what I, I think? I heard that part. I was okay. trying, I'm talking about... Oh, no, I want you to say that. I just didn't know what the offensive thing was that he said. Um, it was something about... I, I only know the gist of that, too. Like, a 27-year-old man marrying a 16-year-old girl. Like, okay. maybe saying, that's okay. and Or, or something okay. to that. And there was some other stuff, too. It wasn't just one. But there were, there were some iffy things... Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not even sure that I would have, have agreed with what he said 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. Right. Um, he basically said, um, I'm on the show every night. What, if you want to know what I think, watch the show. Or if you, want to, if you disagree with me, come on the show. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. And it's like, that's the gist. That wasn't a quote. And it's like, yeah, that's what you should say. Let's, let's figure it out. Um, Staying out in the open. You're not going to run and hide. I know, and Andrew Clavin said something I, I just was like, I, I wouldn't have thought of until he said it. He said, I don't care if he would have said it yesterday. You know what? There are certain things he stands for that are good, certain things he stands for that I think are good. And the fact of the matter is, if he said it yesterday, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he could have, he, he may have grown past that in a day. He may have not. It just doesn't matter. He may have said it on a whim because he was around people that he thought were cool and he was having a fun time and wasn't guarding his words. Yeah. And this guy was like... I've done that before. Oh, yeah. No kidding. I've said stupid stuff. <laughs> um, well, and even in the context, I mean, I know how shock jock stuff works. I worked radio for a while. Sure. I looked up to some like the back in the Howard Stern. I was on radio in the days that Howard Stern was way more popular than he is now. And, like, I'd listen to some of that. I'd listen to Man Cow over yeah. and wherever he was. And I'm like, I like shock jocks. And it's like, there is a tendency to just say crazy stuff. Sure. That's the atmosphere. Yeah. That's why people are tuning in to hear you say crazy stuff and That's right. push up against the lines. And speaking of crazy stuff. I mean, these are yeah. the same people that want to legalize pedophilia. And and they're and they're telling, yeah. The pot call. Uh, can you say? Can you say the pot call? The cat calling the bottle black. <laughs> I don't know if that's. I don't the know right if you phrase. can even say that anymore. I don't know if you can. It's because uh, probably if you use the word black, it's I racist. Know, I know. The pot calling kettle Latino. Can you say that? No. 
Pot, pot calling the kettle names. Yeah. <laughs> we got to make this legal here. I know. Deplatformed because because we're because we have so many listeners. So we'll just we'll just call Mark sometime if we need to do a show. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. We're deplatformed. Um, we can just send you the MP3. You and, you and the other one, one listener we have. Um, anyway, uh, so we need to do a cigar update. Um, and it's going to be short for me, but it's going to be good. Um, it's consistent. No change. The burn the burn is great. I really like the retrohale because it's smooth and it doesn't burn my nose. The draw, because I'm not noticing the draw, I'm saying it's, I'm going to say it's perfect. It must be just right because I'm not I'm pulling hard. I'm not mm-hmm. pulling, it's not pulling, and I'm not drawing too much smoke. Smoking about how I would expect it to for a yeah. Robusto. Same flavors. Just while you were talking there, I just pulled on this thing real hard and heated it up a little bit, and it really it changed a little bit, but not a lot. It's just solid consistency. Yeah. There, there is something I'm going to work on in the last ten minutes. Try to identify. I don't know if it's a hint of nut or maybe a woodiness. There's something. Of course, earthy and wood kind of kind of can get combined. This is going to sound crazy, but I think I was tasting mango. Which kind of tastes a little woody to me, as a fruit even. Hmm. So I don't know if that's legit or if it's just it's always wishful fun. thinking or it's something. It's always fun to reach. You know? Yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> so and, and see, see how close we are. And even, even if we're off, sometimes that might lead us, you know. Maybe it's actually pomegranate. <laughs> the roller was eating a mango when he rolled this cigar and it just... That's how... I think it was a ground roasted pomegranate pit that you were tasting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, mm. but earthy, earthy, sweet, smooth. I'm liking this quite a bit. It it reminds me of of a, a really smooth earthy cigar I smoked once, and I said, you know, I don't think I like this cigar, but it's so darn smooth. It just smokes so easy. There was a familiar like a a softness to it that I just enjoyed and didn't think about it much mm-hmm. as I smoked it. But okay, anything else? No, like you said, not much to say. It's yeah. just real consistent. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if I need to say anything more about Media Matters. I, I guess I don't. It kind of is a sucky. Speaking of Media Matters, though, where's Soros? Is he dead? We haven't oh. haven't heard much from him for a while. Well, isn't he the kind of guy that doesn't want to be heard from much? He wants to just pay money to people to do the stuff he wants. There for a while, it seems like he was in, in the news a lot. Maybe. Get pretty old. We're gonna lose him probably soon. Um, oh, this is kind of interesting, and it, I've actually got—I think it's from the Federalist—a quote here: "When Republicans added an amendment to the bill that would require ICE to be notified if an illegal immigrant tried to purchase a gun and failed a background check, AOC and Pelosi balked at the possibility that illegals would have to follow any of our laws." <laughs> what? Aren't they the That's anti-gun insane. people? They 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 want illegal immigrants to be able to, buy to be guns. able to buy guns, even if they have a criminal record, are here illegally, and fail a background check. They want them to be able to buy guns. Now, when you say they balked, I can understand <laughs> that if they were asked that question, <clears throat> they would balk because they wanted to make sure that they were staying uh-huh. staying. Uh, how should we say it? In line with their, with their 
talking points or whatever? Well, I don't know. Nancy Pelosi kind of got out of line with the impeachment thing. Did you hear about that? No. <laughs> Speaking about staying in line. She basically said, I I don't I don't think Trump will be impeached and it's it's a it's de- impeachment is divisive and really Trump isn't worth it. In other words, we would have if we could have. Yeah, we can't. That's I so think I think that's what she was saying. And, and Trump, Trump was was like kind of like, oh well, I'm kind of kind of glad Pelosi was saying that, but I didn't do anything wrong anyway. That was <laughs> Trump's response was basically that, you know. But I, yeah. she's going to continue to soften because he's a better negotiator. You know they're talking. Yeah. You know they're communicating. <clears throat> and if she's starting to fold, then that means that he's doing what we put him in there to do. Yeah, and I. Yeah, and then the more the more money for the wall things coming up, and maybe she's going to oh. try to bargain something with him, and you know, who knows? I I hate the pol. I guess maybe I don't hate the politics of it. I say I hate the politics of it, but on one hand, the reason the Constitution and our government was set up the way it is is to slow things down, mm-hmm. and that that a person that likes to be efficient and get stuff done. I do get kind of pissed when stuff can't get done, but at the same time, do I want a bunch of leftists coming in and right. steamrolling everything? I guess I don't. So I, so I suppose I like the slow process that mm-hmm. that there is some political stuff that has to happen. Yeah, I agree. And I am not. I, I don't get it. I don't understand that that type of negotiation. I'm glad Trump does. <laughs> but anyway, I you know. I heard somebody say one time that we ought to be happy when the government doesn't get anything done because every time they do get something done, it generally ends up screwing us. <laughs> there is there are some things that they need to get done, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wonder, it does seem like there's a higher percentage of people in the metropolitan areas that care more about politics, and, and maybe that's just the nature of that type of person. That cares more and wants to wants to kind of force their morality, whatever they think's right, on on everyone else. And the people in smaller towns are just like, I kind of don't care because I'm just going to live my life and get things what I need to get done done. I got to raise me, I got to raise my girls. I got to, um, you know, we're homeschooling, so we're not going to send them to public school. And, you know, and well, especially in this environment, I think that it's become part of the cool hip urban uh, identity to be. A social justice warrior, and yeah, and that's people in the city care a lot more about their image. They're less independent than we are out here, you know. In in the rural areas, I mean, we, I am who I am, and yeah, I want my friends to think I'm cool, but like, I am who I am, and I think in the city, people have to. It seems that they care a little bit more about those types of image things, and. I wouldn't be able to wear these comfortable shoes in the city because they kind of look like shoes that a, that a that a diabetic old guy would wear. So I'd have to wear different shoes. A diabetic old guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So not that well, not that it. Say ra- something against diabetic old guys. You're, you're racist. I feel sorry about the racist. <laughs> no, I'm a medicalist. I don't know anyway. But um, no, I actually bought these shoes as a contrast because my wife is is random topic. My wife is kind of into the minimalist shoes that don't have much, like it, you can feel the ground sure. beneath you. Sure. And I, she kind of got me into it. I, I like the minimalist shoes I have, but sometimes it's like... You need some shoes. Because my feet yeah. aren't used to it yet. I have to... And when I'm working, I don't want to step on a nail, so I wear a thicker shoe with a little cushier sole. And right. 
Um, but I kind of switch back and forth, and my, my feet are getting used to it. It is an interest, a totally different experience to have like n very little sole between your feet and the ground. So, anyway, you know, I, I didn't mention this, and I like I like to throw in an unofficial sponsor because it makes us makes us sound more more important. Uh -huh. So, um, and you should you should go check this out. Um, so Brookside dark chocolate mm. candies. Um, candies. I've tried a couple different ones. Yeah, candies. I'm usually not a sweets person, okay? But Brookside Dark Chocolate Pomegranate. Mm. So you get the best of a slightly sweetened dark chocolate, but then they put this pomegranate, just this chewy pomegranate fruit thing in the yeah. center, and it's like, ooh. It's like, that's just, just enough. And I'll buy a bag sometime, and I'll, like, it'll last forever because I just like three or four at once it's like ooh I'm satisfied you know and then like not for a week I won't eat any more than that and um, I've tried a few of their others and yeah. they're all good but the pomegranate sticks out excellent so that's, that's what was our, the name again? Brookside Dark Chocolate Brookside and the pomegranate is my favorite they're I've seen them everywhere Amazon, Walmart they all cool. they all have them <clears throat> not that it's not that Amazon or Walmart are sponsoring it just Brookside <laughs> <laughs> So, um, <clears throat> excellent. <clears throat> anyway, well, we're, we're getting close to the wrap. Mm -hmm. Anything else we want to say real quick before we wrap the cigar? Uh, I don't know. Concerning the cigar? I don't care. It's our show. We can say whatever we want. Mm -hmm. um, I've been really surprised at how little this is changing. First third, second third, third third. It's just, it's pretty rock solid, pleasant, mild, oily. Just a really enjoyable cigar. You don't have to think about enjoying it. It's just, it just happens. Even even heating it up isn't isn't a whole lot different. Heating it up or letting it cool down doesn't it seem does intensify it a little bit, but yeah. And and all cigars tend to intensify when you get down to the last yeah. inch or two. And we're not we're not even there yet. It's gonna be yeah. a it's gonna be an hour and fifteen minute smoke probably. Mm -hmm. um, which is that's pretty long for a, for a robusto. Um, but anyway, okay. Well. Uh, um, Here's what it's supposed to taste like. Yeah, let the, us know. The flavors are rich and chewy. Wait, 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 wait. Rich and chewy? Chewy. Okay. It's where you feel... It's not necessarily oil, but when you get quite a bit of oil... There's a, there's a There's a... Yeah, there's substance in your mouth. Yep. So, But it, it is pretty oily, and Maduro's tend to be. Yeah. So rich and chewy, offering notes of espresso, pepper, and earth. Pepper. Maybe that's the... There was something within the earthiness yeah. that I was tasting. I couldn't put it's my finger. It's like on it. the flavor of the pepper, flavor of pepper, the not the spice. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. We missed that one. Yeah, <clears throat> we'll have to remember that next time for sure. Yeah, when we're smoking an earthy cigar. Well, this is this has been the Christoph Maduro in Robusto, which uh, was you know in the in the sampler that we bought under five bucks. Wow. Um, so and normally they're running higher and there are some if you look around online there are some specials on that sampler I saw one almost as cheap as we got these really? I think it was around maybe forty dollars mm -hmm. um, so there are some deals I think they're getting rid of the samplers because Kristoff is kind of some of the cigars aren't available anymore they've moved on to some other blends and stuff so but they're still available and they're good so we'll call that a wrap on the cigar and we'll call that a wrap yeah on the show, on the show. thanks for listening to Doug and Joe Talk we'll talk to you next time